Welcome to Talkie Talk, the podcast for the MediaBias.com. Joining me today is Chris, but TJ, <laughs> Brent, hi. My name is David, <laughs> and uh, today we're going to talk about our watch list and the week's uh, film news in a segment we call Breezy on the Streets. <laughs> first, we're breezing on them watch lists. Yep. So, anyone want to go first? Yes, I will do it. Oh, okay. Watch a lot. I don't feel like doing it later. I'm going to do it now. <laughs> Uh, a couple of ones have already been discussed on the cast uh, or on the website. I watched Too Funny to Fail, the Hulu original documentary about the Daniel Carvey show. I highly recommend it. Brent did to believe, right? You liked it a lot. Did you ever watch the Dana Carvey show beforehand? I watched a couple. No, not beforehand. I found a couple of episodes on the internet and watched them. Mm-hmm. Uh, real funny. Way ahead of its time, though. Yeah. Just like so. Like if it came on now, it'd be. Huge. Also, not not right for ABC at nine thirty. <laughs> yeah, the the lead in of Home Improvement, which is you know a big part of the documentary, is seems like a great idea at the time, but none of the none of the people of the Data Carver Show watched Home Improvement, so they didn't know what it was. So and when I read when, when I read the review, I uh, I also watched it this week and read a review on it. And uh, when I read the review, the funniest part of the movie for me was the was Colbert, Carell, and Carvey looking back at the that Home Improvement lead in. Yeah, I told told Chris about it the other night. Funniest part of the movie. I was yeah. laughing so hard at that. I, I was afraid I was going to... It was pretty late at night when I watched it. And I was afraid I was going to wake up my wife when uh, <laughs> when I was laughing from another room. Yeah. <laughs> I was laughing that hard at it. So it's, They were laughing incredibly hard at it. But it was the... like You know they used to do trailers for sitcoms? Like this week on Home Improvement. Mm-hmm. And it'd be like... The youngest kid was in a hospital and Tim Allen was like, Honey, we're going to get through this. And like giving her a hug at the hospital. And and the, like, voice, the voiceover is even like... Yeah. The... the the worst thing a family can go through is the potential of losing a child. Yeah. And, and, out, and then it immediately cuts to a followed by Mug Light Root Beers to Dana Carvey Show. Because <laughs> <laughs> they used the Dana Carvey Show would uh, change its name every week based on their sponsor of the week. <laughs> it was like a shtick they did. but <laughs> So... Them having to watch that promo where it's like Tim Allen, Tim, uh, the home improvement, there it's like Randy may die in this episode, and then it just follows that up with <laughs> yeah. Mug Light Root Beer, the Dana Carvey show. God, they, they're I was crying. Yeah, it was really funny. Yeah, check that out on Hulu. It's it's really good. Also watched The Babysitter, which is a Netflix original horror comedy, yep. and Chris and I did a review on that together yeah on the website inspired me to watch it wrote up our thoughts what'd you think david thought it was a very silly movie yeah yeah and yeah. i think my my uh, review on letterbox just starts off like mick g you scamp <laughs> <laughs> yeah what else has mick he, g done charlie's angels okay you kind of he i think he gets in the way of the movie a little bit yeah at times but i thought the we touched on this in the review so go check it out on, on the website but uh i thought the cast of villains was fantastic yeah they were all really good. The jot was particularly hilarious. Yeah, yeah, he's really funny. Yeah, kind of subverting some stuff. Like he's the evil, unstoppable jock, and then like when he's getting bullied, he's like, "Stand up for yourself, man!" Like it's mid like, murder. Yeah, yeah, seconds ago you were trying to murder this kid. But yeah, the kid wakes up. Why is he shirtless? And he is just standing there with like a bat, like, <laughs> holding the bat behind his neck, <laughs> looking all pretty. It's like, That's your first question. Yeah, parts of it were genuinely funny for me. Yeah, it was yeah. fine. We both recommend it. Yeah. I feel like it was like an hour and ten minutes, too. <laughs> it was really short. It was yeah. nice. Uh, then I watched some other things that I don't think these fellas have seen. Uh, I watched a movie from 2015 called Absolutely Anything. Have you all seen or heard of this movie? Mm-hmm. Starring Kate Beckinsale and Simon Pegg. Mm-hmm. Is it on Netflix? It is I on I Netflix. I saw it on a... It's the, the last film to feature the entire cast of uh, Monty Python. Hmm. They play aliens that come upon Earth. Well, they find the Sagan plaque that has like mm-hmm. the two people on it and the you know music notes or whatever. Yeah. And uh, they come to Earth, and they're like a council of aliens that pretty much goes around making sure people know the difference between good and evil, and if they don't, they wipe them, blow up the planet or whatever. Uh, And the way they test that is they give one being on that planet a week to do absolutely anything. Mm -hmm. And if they better their species is the the plot. They Mm -hmm. leave them alive, and if they don't, they don't. Simon Pegg's the one who's chosen to do absolutely anything. Uh, It's not good. (laughs) It didn't (laughs) sound like me. Yeah. But it's real short, and uh, it's got, what's his name? Rob, Rob Riggle. Rob Riggle. And he always annoys me a little. Hmm. So Like Rob Riggle. He's always at the same volume level, I think. It's <laughs> yeah. pretty much his only his only mode. It's, it's another Kate Beckinsale movie, and I love Kate Beckinsale in one of my favorite romantic comedies, Serendipity, and don't like her in any other movie. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> I'm looking for another Kate Beckinsale movie. Have you life. seen Pearl Harbor? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, I watched another Netflix original, the definite worst movie of 2017. Nice, you've crowned a new one. It's uh, worse uh, than The Great Wall. Yeah, worse than is, Power Rangers. It is more than one star worse than than The Great Wall. Naked is a movie starring Marlon Wayans. It is Groundhog Day or Death Day, Happy Death Day. But he wakes up on an elevator naked every day. On the day of his wedding, right? On the day of his wedding. Yeah. I started it and did not finish it. And he has to get to his wedding. It is a mostly black cast in a movie made for really dumb white people, I feel like. <laughs> it's it's just awful. The The worst part about it is in the beginning, his, his bride-to-be is a teacher. And he goes, I told you you're the best teacher in New York City. Nah, the state. Nah, the galaxy. That implies that there are teachers on other planets, you know. It's like, why are you explaining this dumb fucking joke to me? <laughs> this goddamn movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I watched about a half hour of it, and I didn't find anything that I would call a joke. It was it was awful. Pedro Serrano plays the dad. What's his name? Dennis Hath- Hathbert. 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 Hazbert. Hazbert. Yeah, it's it's I awful. That Twenty four has Dennis Hazbert and, and Alicia Cuthbert. Mm-hmm. Two Berts. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, yeah, so definitely don't don't click on naked and watch it. It's it's bad. I just realized I watched a bunch of bad movies this week. They're all bad. That's that's what the race. Yeah, welcome to the race. Yeah, <laughs> this is. I uh, went and saw a new release this week. I went and saw Suburbicon, which is a George Clooney directed, written by Clooney and the Coen Brothers, mm-hmm. starring. Bunch of people: Matt Damon, Oscar Isaac, Julianne Moore. It's uh, getting savaged. Is it as bad as they say? The movie is directed well. The acting is fantastic. Cinematography and production design are great. Mm-hmm. The story is absolutely fucking boring. No, wow. It's there's nobody to root for. There's just no you don't. There's nobody to pull for, and it's hard to follow. It's boring. I don't know how else to to say it. It's about a Matt Damon's wife, played by Julianne Moore, and her twin sister, also played by Julianne Moore. Mm-hmm. Live in a house with their kid. Two guys break into their house the first night. Kill the wife, the wheelchair-bound wife. Like it starts with a good premise, and then it just goes off off the rails from there. There's a, a black family moves in next door, and everybody in the town is like constantly playing drums and throwing rocks at the black people's house. Nothing to do with anything else in the movie. I don't know. It's just it was a sad, sad watch with that cast and that crew. Mm-hmm. To not be able to, especially to even uh, recommend it and say like, give it a shot. This is bad. Especially hearing that you know a lot of the, the technical aspects of it are good. Yeah, it was real pretty. It just sounds like a waste of money. Yeah, it was. Hmm. That's sad. It was an original Coen Brothers old, idea, old script, right? Yeah, but or I script. think George Clooney and his partner Grant Hasloff like added the black family yeah. plot. That's that's what I read too. It was yeah, it was it was upsetting. <laughs> it was so bad. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. Actually, I asked Al who saw it with you. Separately, what he thought of it, and he was like, "It seems like a Coen Brothers script that they didn't feel was worthy to make into a movie." Hmm. Yeah. Okay. This one may be a win for the Coens. Yeah, they were right. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It was rough. How Coen Brothers was it though? <laughs> it's a throwback. <laughs> uh, it seemed like it was trying to be a lot like Fargo. Okay. Honestly, like. Yeah. Look at all these things going on, and they all kind of fit together. And you don't need to root for anybody; everybody's kind of an asshole. Mm-hmm. But they don't—they don't pull it off. They don't come close to pulling it off. Okay, so that was sad. Uh, I watched another movie from this year. It was worse than *Suburbicon*. Saw the *Phoenix Forgotten*. Y'all heard of this movie? I've not heard of this. Not movie. even no. heard of. It's another. So I think uh, in an effort to win this race, you're now making your own movies and then watching them so that you can beat Chris. See, what's funny about this is that I was like plucking this low-hanging fruit for a while. And you guys were like, what the fuck is that? But now that TJ's doing it, something is rotten in the state of Denmark. <laughs> if I see the Spaghetti Man on any list next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys are juicing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Phoenix Forgotten is a yet another found footage teenager alien movie. <laughs> uh, so I feel like it's the fifth one I've watched <laughs> this decade. And they're all horrible. I thought that one was pretty good. Where uh, Dane DeHaan got... Special Powers? Chronicle? Chronicle. Oh, uh, yeah. How about Aliens, though, was it? Was it not? I thought it was. I thought it was just like, How a, we got the like a meteor or something. Oh, well. Well, that's right. Alien to this world. <laughs> Quit the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I thought uh, I thought uh, Cloverfield was good, too. Yeah, that's true. But he came from he came from the water. What? But I thought it was... I thought he came from space and I thought, I thought you should shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> this dumb movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Cloverfield was fine. It was also more than a decade ago. Hey, can we talk about I Am Number 4? <laughs> no, it reminded me. Did y'all remember that movie, Area 51? Do y'all remember that one? Yeah. It came out a few years ago. That was particularly... 
I remember it coming out. I never saw it. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, it's based on the Phoenix Lights. Do you know what the Phoenix Lights are? No. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> Is that what happens when Pennywise opens his mouth? Real wide. Is that sure? You see the you see the Phoenix lights, Phoenix lights. somewhere in there. Those are the Phoenix down lights. <laughs> um, nice. Just that some UFO bullshit that people claim they saw. It was probably flares from a military base that was nearby. But uh, they appeared over Phoenix in 1997, and the main character of this movie is a whose older brother got obsessed with him in 1997 and then he went missing. She goes back home, finds his tapes and watches them and figures out. It's found footage. She found the footage on his tapes. Okay, so this is why this movie is particularly bad. (laughs) Because it is found footage because she found the tapes and watches them. But she films herself watching the found footage tapes. So it's two ways of found footage. So for next week, I'm going to post this on the website. I'm going to I'm gonna watch the movie and film myself watching this found footage. <laughs> it's and found, that will found, be, found footage. And that will be well, you gotta, the first film. you got to go one further. Ashley's got to videotape you videotaping. <laughs> no one uses videotaping anymore. Set up several iPhones in an elaborate series of mirrors. <laughs> 15 no, it's found just, footage. It's just... It's, I'll just film the camera that's filming me <laughs> and release that. You just hear like off camera like ugh. Yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> groan. Yeah, it's uh the, the best part is one of the the tape she finds which explains everything it explains nothing. It says answers on it? <laughs> no, but uh, at the end you realize the, the camera was dropped from outer space to earth. <laughs> and it still works. I'm glad they use her same technology. <laughs> also, she goes to she goes to her brother's old high school and finds the like the news teacher, I guess. And uh, he's like, "Yeah, I remember that happening. I don't really have anything." And then he calls her the next day and he's like, "Found something you take a look at." And she goes to the school and he's like, "We received this package in the mail, and it's a tape." How did they know? They don't say. <laughs> it's, it's really bad. Somebody movie. following her. <laughs> All these movies made me realize like. Oh, I feel like I could write a screenplay that would at least be coherent. <laughs> it would make sense. Are you considering dropping out of the race? No, no not at all. <laughs> Although I did hit the bottom of the Just Watch 2017 free movies. Like, oh, I watched them all. Hang on, I think I missed something about that movie. So, tapes dropped from space? Yes. But they like they were made by humans and somehow got up into space? You see in the final tape that has dropped from space... That he is filming when he is abducted by aliens, okay. carried out to outer space, and like throws his camera out in a last ditch effort in space, and it falls to Earth. That's not and how you see that. That's not how gravity works. It's not how gravity works. <laughs> okay. Camera's not going to work in space. There are just tons of plot holes here. <laughs> yeah, they go on forever, and it does not smash to a billion pieces. <laughs> right, it's the ground. I thought or maybe, disintegrate on reentry. I thought maybe for a second, I thought aliens were providing like this, these tapes. <laughs> oh, help! And they made them, and, and like, thought, man, it'd be so. It, it would be a bummer if like you got DVDs from aliens and they weren't formatted to your region. <laughs> You're like, damn it! Did, did you stick around until after the credits when it shows the aliens going, prank you, bro? <laughs> no, I did not stick around for anything in this movie. I'm so sorry for extending our time on that movie. <laughs> yeah, Phoenix Forgotten. Check it out. Would recommend. <laughs> Already forgotten. Yeah. I watched another movie that was also not good. But this one got three got three stars, so it's better. Uh, it's called The Book of Love. Hmm. Have you seen this movie? I've almost watched that. Yeah, it's part of Chris's project, I think. So uh, Jessica Bill, Jason Sudeikis, and Haley Williams. What's her name? Macy. Macy Williams. Macy Williams. I keep doing that. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Macy. Macy. Yeah. And Orlando Jones, the receiver yeah. and the replacements. Yeah. Yeah. Orlando Jones. Um, Jason Sudeikis and Jessica Bill are a married couple. She dies pregnant. Uh, the last thing she tells Jason Sudeikis is like, will you go help that homeless girl? She keeps digging in her trash. I don't know what she's looking for. And Jason Sudeikis goes and finds her, played by Maisie. Mm-hmm. And uh turns out she's trying to, she's in a bad situation and trying to like build a raft to get away. Mm-hmm. And it's all about Jason Sudeikis like being bold and helping her. Yeah. Sweet movie. Yeah. Not great. What do you think of Maisie? So she was good. It takes place in like deep bayou. Okay. And she's got a heavy accent. Hmm. So it's odd. It's, it's just an odd. It's, it's it's hard for me to know if it's good or not because I'm still like just shocked by it the whole movie. Yeah, because I've only seen her be Arya Stark. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does she sound like Creole? Yeah, I mean she sounds she sounds like she's trying. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but it's a tall order for a kid. I mean, I don't know how old she is. Twenty, eighteen, nineteen. She's like twenty one now. Yeah, she still looks like she's like eleven years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah she plays <laughs> like a thirteen, fourteen year old, but. 
I don't know. That's good. I'm a big fan of what Jason Segus has been doing lately. So, mm. um, did y'all ever see the one with him and Alison Brie mm. sleeping with other people? Started it. I'm finished it. I love mm-hmm. that movie. It was good. I thought it was really good. But yeah, that's it. So if you want to see uh, the Book of Love, you can find it. The rest of what I talked about, you can you can forget, forget it, <laughs> just forget all the shit I said. Okay, sure. I'll go next. Fine, do it. <laughs> do oh, it, man. Do it. So I saw some uh, I saw some movies, TV show, and I'm playing a new game. Mm-hmm. Movies I saw. Um, I won't spend too much time. I saw the Beguiled, the Sofia Coppola 2017 newish movie. Cool. Um, I wrote it up on the site. I enjoyed it. I really liked it. But in the review, I acknowledge that uh, this is probably going to be 50-50. For anyone, I recommend that they're either going to really enjoy it or they're going to think it's boring and kind of tune out. Kind of a, kind of a chore. Had you seen the original? Sure. No. I think the original is streaming on HBO if anybody gets a... Oh, wow. You know, is it just called The Guild? It's called B. <laughs> if you want to start a race for who can watch the most 1976 movies. Brent, you already won. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, more of my thoughts are on the website. Read the review because... We love when you do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, other than that, spent a hot minute watching uh, Hocus Pocus. It was on Freeform. Classic. It was just fun. Yeah. I don't have a lot to add to it. I, uh, I didn't even add a rating to it because it's a rewatch. And it was mm-hmm. just, we weren't feeling that great on a weekend and it was Halloween-ish. So we uh, we watched, uh, Alice and I watched Hocus Pocus. Nice. forget how, how much of a crush I had on uh, Sarah Jessica Parker as a witch, specifically. <laughs> She's so hot in that movie. I, uh, <laughs> I think most of y'all know, but podcast listeners might not I've made it I've seen that movie probably 30 or 40 times I watched it two years ago and realized it was Sarah Jessica Parker yeah. for the first time just doesn't look like her at all and we found out last night or realized that the the bigger witch not Jessica Parker or Bette Miller is the voice of Peggy Hill yeah yeah, it's crazy Kathy Najimy or yeah. Najimy yeah. neat I also, also unmasked myself as a Hocus Pocus hater mm. and just don't like her <laughs> never seen it I'm anyway, okay with that it was, uh, <laughs> it was on Freeform <laughs> Freeform. I miss it being ABC Family. Freeform just doesn't really seem That's like a weird. channel. Yeah, they do do a solid Harry Potter marathon once every, every once in a while, though. Like once a month. Yeah, <laughs> you just tune on and it's like, oh, all eight of these movies are on in the marathon. Great. I'll leave it on all day. I'll catch. I'll catch it in nine hours when yeah. they stop playing all the kids ones. Nice. And then I also saw I saw a trio of horror movies all on uh, Netflix. Nice. First one I saw was a uh, small Canadian movie called The Void. I really recommend it. It was on an AV Club streaming Halloween recommendation thing hmm. and uh, takes place in this hospital. They take in this guy who's involved in a shootout and there's something wrong with him. It's kind of like The Thing meets Hellraiser meets like I can't believe how they're doing this movie for $82,000. Wow. It looks like some real nice creature stuff. It takes that premise everyone's in a hospital that's kind of closing down. They're moving everything to a new hospital so it's short staffed. and short staffed. Yep and then um Something happens, and there's a turn where there's a, a nurse who grabs scissors, starts stabbing a patient in the eyes, and like turns to the main character, who's like a sheriff, and says, "Like this isn't my skin," and starts cutting her own skin off. Ugh. It's creepy. All right, creepy <laughs> who's got the eye thing? Me. I'm the one who auditioned. Just freak, uh, that's right. Freak the fuck out of. Yeah, like that. Like that movie. Yours is skin, like slicing, slicing, slicing skin. skin. Mine's Teeth injuries. Oh, uh, yeah. Tooth injuries. My maybe fingernail stuff. Sounded like when you said teeth injuries, David hunter. said, mm. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. All of your weaknesses. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's really good. It's really effective. Some really uh, fun and inventive creature stuff. And it's just some movie that came out of nowhere. Cool. And also a recommendation from AV Club was a movie called Housebound. 2014 uh, New Zealand horror comedy. I was blown away by it. It was so entertaining. Nice. nice. Any of you guys hear about it or see it? No, I read the article you posted. So yeah, that was all in the blurbs. I had scrolled past it because it's been on Netflix uh-huh. around you know horror horror time October, <laughs> and uh, it just looks like a family portrait with like a ghost is on there like touching a shoulder. I was like, uh, seems like a crappy movie, but jump scare bullshit. Yeah, it's seriously like a uh, Edgar Wright by way of New Zealand movie where a woman is like doing a bank robbery and ha- is under house arrest has to go back live with her her mother and her stepfather and it's really funny some of the horror stuff is is kind of thrilling you know i wouldn't say it's scary but mm-hmm. super recommended it's super fun cool and i also saw um 1922 the newest uh stephen king adaptation of this year mm-hmm. i've heard good things yeah I, I i enjoyed it it's super grim mm-hmm. super bleak but kind of fun thomas jane is awesome in it cool 
Yeah, that's what a, a friend of the cast, Chad, was saying. That he was super impressed with the accent, and then you said that unprompted. Yeah. That the accent was really good. Yeah, it's, it's one of those, like, southern accents that, uh, you know, some you cringe, like Keanu Reeves in Devil's Advocate and stuff. Oh, yeah, right. Or maybe you just drink it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but every time he starts talking, it's just, like, deliciously thick southern accent. He does a great job. It's not southern. He's from Nebraska, but, like, a rural accent. Mm-hmm. Right. A rural juror. <laughs> Rar jar. But I recommend it if you're into being a completionist Stephen King Netflix adaptation. <laughs> Man, he just got a, he's got three adaptations this year that were really good, which is fun. Yep. And last thing, uh, I'm playing South Park, The Fractured Butthole. Mm-hmm. It's really fun. The original, the first one, The Stick of Truth, that came out a couple years ago, was my favorite game of that year. And this is definitely uh, the same pathway being trod for it. It's definitely a sequel for that. It's not a reinvention or anything. But uh-huh. gameplay, like the, the battles are tweaked and they're so much better. Yeah. And the battles were already one of the best parts of Stick of Truth. It's one of those things where you're like randomly going through the map and it is a lovingly detailed South Park where you can get into all these nooks and crannies where, you know, I still watch it and I still love the show. So it's just... There's a glee I can just get out of that. Sure. But when you're wandering around and you see, like, random, like, sixth graders that, that you can fight, you actually get excited to fight them rather than, like, oh, here's another battle mm-hmm. to kind of get through. A lot of fun, and it's really it's really funny in parts. You know, it's South Park, so some parts are really wrong. Yeah. <laughs> as, a, uh, as, like, a fourth grader, you have to give lap dances to these drunk businessmen in order to get some information <laughs> from them. And there's a mini game for it where you're grounding on their crotches. Nice. <laughs> it's pretty wrong. But it's it's a lot of fun. When, when I, I'm going to try to beat it and uh, write it up on the site. Cool, cool. That's pretty much all I watched. I thought you said you had a TV show. Oh, yeah, TV show. Um, Allison's a real big fan of Amy Sedaris. Her acting, but also has read like her books and mm-hmm. stuff. And she's got a new show, Amy Sedaris at Home, or something like that. It's on, I think, True TV. Yeah, but it's like a uh, Martha Stewart by way of Pee Wee Herman type show where he does crafts and it's just it's got really funny non sequitur stuff. She's really witty and engaging and uh, I don't know, it's just it's really good. Got a lot of guest stars that kind of pop in. Paul Giamatti's in the first episode as a cool. businessman. <laughs> nice. The setup is like the whole focus, the theme for today is like we're cooking fish because it's like Fish Friday. And like they go start cooking the fish, and then they said we're gonna cook lamb chops also because nobody really likes fish. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been more of the time talking about how you prepare the lamb chops on like a barbecue, and at the very end, it's like, does anyone want the fish? I'm, like, no, I'm gonna take the pork chops. <laughs> and it's just, it's got some weird asides in it that really remind me of PBA Herman's Playhouse. Nice. It's really surprising how much I enjoyed it. Highly recommend. Her and uh, her and David are super witty. Their books are good. Their yeah. shows are good. Everything they do is great. Great family. Mm-hmm. Sedari. <laughs> but that's it. I'm going to jump in. I also had a, a, a triple threat of media experiences this past week. Um, I'll start with the movies. Uh, I saw three. Um, I'll start with the bottom of the barrel. Uh, first I thought a movie was called Three. Yeah, two. Oh. I was like, man, you guys are in this deep. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I watched a Netflix-produced uh, uh, movie, The Wheelman. Yeah. The basics of it are it's about a guy who used to do some driving for some unsavory characters in the criminal underground and got pinched for it. Now he's out and is going straight, but still, but is, he's in a, he he picks up passengers who force him to get back into it. And then there's a number of mysterious callers who force him to do stuff. And it's just not very good. Um, it's not very suspenseful. The driving's not very entertaining. As you guys know, I'm a big fan of kind of like stupid action movies, mm-hmm. as long as they are honest about it. Right. Um, like Fast and the Furious knows exactly what it's doing, but it's it's just not very entertaining. It seems like just a vehicle for the guy's name's Jeremy Rush. Very close to other celebrity names. Just <laughs> just such a forgettable movie. Did not enjoy it at all. That's one of those like blockbuster sound-alikes, like yeah. Transmorphers. <laughs> yeah, and it's, Jeremy Rush. And, and it's, it's just, I mean, the title of the movie is just Wheelman, and it doesn't do a lot of great driving. There's a subplot with his like a strange daughter and ex-wife who's mm. crazy. That always makes movies better. Yeah, <laughs> dumb little side plots. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I would not recommend it. Um, a movie that I absolutely would recommend is John Wick Chapter Two. No, oh! saw that finally. Also saw that this week. 
Man, first time. First I watch. fucking love the John Wick movies. You're looking at your computer slyly like mm-hmm. you're about to say that you didn't like it. No, I liked it. I liked the first one more. But I liked, yeah. I liked, I liked, uh, I liked, I liked, I liked the second one okay. I thought the first one was way better. I gave it three and a half stars on, on Letterboxd out of five. And that's, you know, it's, that's it's, pretty good. it's a solid solid action movie, I thought. Yeah, I, I, would, I gave it three and a half. If I went back and watched John Wick created, it would be a five star movie, though the first one would have been. It was perfect action movie yeah and this one it's it's you know it's still really good action and it's uh it's exciting intense and the shooting and the gunplay is really good mm-hmm. did you have a favorite scene because i did i was curious for me it's the the party in rome the, and his escape after after she oh. dies like that the escape action sequence yeah so good it's it's as soon as he walks out and he has like the nod with common and like the the music pumps in. I just I, I I said out loud, yes, we get another Russian club scene. Yeah, because that's it, it's it's clearly what they drew the inspiration from, where they wanted to, to recreate that vibe. Yeah, and yeah, from when he leaves his Mark's room in Rome to like the catacomb stuff was less interesting to me. The escape through the catacombs, but all the stuff above ground before yeah. the catacombs was excellent. Yeah, really well staged. Um, her oh, death, that whole scene was really cool. I thought. Oh yeah, John Wick too. I like the like persona of John Wick in that universe of like, if he comes to kill you, just try to kill yourself first. Yeah, <laughs> it's not going to end well. My my favorite thing about the John Wick movies, and I really hope they keep it this way with the third one, is I love how the universe has this assumed knowledge. Like mm-hmm. you're not told about the coins. You know, people use these coins and. Continental grounds to pay for everything. There's the people who are in network and out of network, and the old school like call switching board for these like private phones they have. And never do they take you on a ride through the mechanics of it. And if they ever fucking do, I am out because yeah, they never stoop down to like. There's the new assassin. It's like, well, how does all this work? You know, X the the in John Wick two. You know the the no business on uh, hotel grounds. Yeah. You know someone breaks the rule, and it's just like, oh shit! Like you just know because of how they treat it, without them explaining what like excommunicado is. Like you just know it's going to be bad, and right. that's that's all I want. Ian McShane's really good in that role as yeah. the the hotel manager owner. Yeah, so good in the first one too. And I didn't even remember him from the first one. He's not in it much, but he is in the conflict because there's he executes. The killing of the girl from she's in uh, Agents of Shield and yeah, what else is she in? Because she she tries to shoot uh, John oh, Wick when he's in bed, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, the American kills her. The American assassin is staying in the room next to John. Mm-hmm. She walks through the tunnel at the end of the movie and oh, she's right. met by Ian McShane and he's like brings in all the other assassins. They circle her and kill her. Yeah, that's right. It's the girl who plays uh, Tyra. Friday Night Lights. Yeah, Tyra. But yeah, I recommend John Wick too, and I'm just fucking pumped about chapter three i also just love how all the john wick movies start the two john wick movies start so far it's like he doesn't want to be killing people anymore right but like he wants his car back right and the peter stormare cameo and not cameo but like role in the beginning yeah where he's basically just like accepting that like john wick's there and it's just him in his office listening to all the people die as the action's playing out yeah it's really cool yeah but yeah enjoy that enjoy that that duo a lot Nice. I watched Assassin's Creed. It was not very good. Nope. I don't get it, I think. (laughs) Why did they make it so dark? I don't know. And also, like, the best parts of the games of Assassin's Creed are, like, the sneaking and parkour and just, like, the movement around these, like, rich environments Mm -hmm. and the silent stabbies. Mm-hmm. And for the movie, they went, well, we're not going to have it in a cityscape where he's running and jumping along the, the rooftops of buildings. And all the kills are going to be out in public and super big, like, sword fighty bullshit. They do one scene where he climbs and and does the, the swan dive. Right. Mm-hmm. And they, I swear, it's at, like, dusk with a bunch of smoke everywhere. Yeah. It's... So, I, so even doing that one thing, they're like, oh, we'll do one of those. We'll just make it where you can't see anything, where there's like no visual quality to it whatsoever. Right. And like, so then they, like, the jump at the end to the real world plot, also just like fucking mind blowing. I don't understand how they've used, well, Marion Cotillard's character knows she's a Templar, but doesn't think that Templars are evil. The head Templar knows that Templars are evil and is pushing it to his pursuits, but they've just spent months 
training a whole academy of assassins whose goal is to kill the Templars. So they're double-crossing themselves. So at the end of the movie, when three assassins in real life are wearing their blades and they're at the big Templar ceremony where they're celebrating that they won, it is no fucking surprise when the head guy gets murdered. Yeah. Yeah, Chad was saying... Because they, like, invite the assassins. Like, why? Yeah, Chad was saying it was, the, like, the, one of the worst endings to any movie he's ever seen just because, like, walk in, kill the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I... I I stumbled on the words, but they double-crossed themselves is really what happens. Huh. It's agonizing. I mean, they spend way too much of the movie in present day. Yeah. Way too much. Like, oh, you've missed the point of Assassin's Creed if you are putting a solid 60% of the movie in present day. Yeah. I, I, w- I would love to see what's on the cutting room floor or what ideas they storyboarded and went they went too expensive. Yeah. Because... You know, in concept, the Assassin's Creed games have a complicated plot that you can draw, like that you can pull pieces out of to tell like a coherent movie. Yeah. They have action scenes that you can recreate, even like action action scenes, not like silent stabbing. The new game just came out, and there's uh, a heavy Is that Origins. Yeah, Origins just I came heard out. That was supposed to be connected to the film in some way. I, I don't fucking know. I, I don't know how the film can connect to anything. Me I mean, either. the general plot of the games is you are an assassin. Your heritage is you come from a line of assassins, and assassins have always hated Templars, and Templars have always tried to sniff out the assassins. So that's like always the kind of plot going forward. And there's some alien interference. Yeah. Templars are trying to pull alien artifacts or something. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't get it. I, I, I went into it giving it a lot of credit for taking a shot, but it sucked. Fastbender, a little bit of a funk this year, I feel like. Well, yeah. that, that didn't come out this year, but over the last yeah. 12 months. Yeah. Uh, apparently there's Marion Cotillard's characters in the game. Fine. Could not care less about that. Yep. I don't know. She's, she's like... I'm fucking playing video games. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when, she, when she has the moment where the dude... Because they're, they're hunting some MacGuffin. And when, when she hands it over and she's like, Oh, Mikey Fassie got this for you. And the, they're basically like, Well, you know we've been bad all along. And she's like stunned, and then just like walks off screen, just like just walks away. No one gives a shit. And she Dad. just leaves because huh. um, her death would be as unimportant as her life in that movie. But yeah, so those are the movies. Uh, I'll do a quick what I've been playing. I've been playing. I promised a long time ago, not promised, but said uh, I've been playing Ori in the Blind Forest. Oh yeah, it is a platforming game, oh, yeah, yeah. Metroidvania style. It's talk about this. It's a really cool game. Um, Controls really well. It's just my, my my style, my sweet spot now. Really difficult. Kind of like Super Meat Boy type where there's like, you know, there'll be all these like jumping obstacle like puzzles to like get through like really quickly or to avoid the kind of drip feed you mechanics that keep it interesting. Is it forgiving with where you start back over? No. So the restart it's 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 interesting. I thought that I could, you know, I'm I'm not a terrific gamer, but I'm 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 good at video games. And so I just figured, you know, I'll play, 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 and then there's wells that are kind of like the they're save points, and they're also teleporters if you get more of them, mm-hmm. so you can move around the map quickly. And I was like, oh, I'll just use those as my main thing to save. And you start going through areas and just dying and going all the way back to those. But they have a mechanic where if you collect a certain type of energy, you can create save points, mm-hmm. but it expends the energy you use to do like big attacks. So it's kind of a risk reward of that. But it's really good. Uh, I got the definitive edition, which has whatever DLC uh, back when it was on sale for like 15 bucks. Hmm. But it's good. I think I'm like put like three hours into it and I think I'm most of the way done. Oh, nice. Yeah. Quick play. Quick play. Unless I'm missing something huge. Right. <laughs> um, if it opens up after there's a thing where it's like you need to restore these three things and there's like six blank spots on the thing. So it's like, all right, well, I've got four of them. So... Sure. Figure when I hit six, I'll be done. I was going to say this for Breezy, but I'll just talk about video games. Uh, I watched a trailer for a VR Escape from Pennywise game. Whew. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Hard pass. <laughs> I got, like, anxiety watching the trailer of people playing it. <laughs> what have you seen, Pennywise? <laughs> people just wearing their VR set and go, falling down the floor. <laughs> Yeah, and then the TV show, uh, we finished Mindhunter. I know I alluded so to, to watching that. it last week. I'm kind of annoyed that I have to watch Stranger Things first, honestly. I'm, uh, I'm about four episodes into Mindhunter, and it's it's really good. It's it, it, And the highlights really are, if you don't know about the 
kind of the the mechanism in the show is it's FBI agents who decide that they need to do a behavioral study by interviewing people who have been locked up for the grisly murders like mass multiple murderers or sequence killers as they irritatingly call them um, because they're being period accurate because they hadn't invented the term serial killer yet mm. but is all of the interviews with the killers um, are incredible mm-hmm. you know it's from a more puritanical time period so the language that the FBI agents are allowed to use and like they even have like a list of words they're not allowed to use that they kind of push against mm-hmm. um, is just really clever in trying to break down the walls that the killers have put up. But the guy they have who plays the first guy they talk to, um, the character's name is Ed Kemper. I don't know the actor, mm-hmm. but he is phenomenal. Yeah. I found there's a side-by-side video of the interview with the real Ed Kemper, the character it's based on, and the dude is just fucking dead on. Wow. Um, I was wondering about that when I saw them talk to him because he's. it's a very interesting performance. Yeah, it's yeah. a strange affect in his voice where he's fucking very particular yeah and like the guy just nails it mm, yeah. um but Neat. yeah i recommend watching mindhunter that's really good it's like darkly funny sometimes um especially because it's rookie cop plus like grizzled old vet and the guy bill tench who plays the vet sorry i'm using character names but mm-hmm. the character bill tench has some really good uh one-liners to knock the rookie down a couple pegs but it's 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 really entertaining. Yeah, and I'd recommend cool. it. But that's my all of my non-group watches. Okay, I'll go. Um, movies. So I watched Life. Mm. So here's my take on that movie. On like how that movie got made. And they're like, what if we made? I feel like somebody was sitting in a room and was like, here's my problem with Alien. It's way too interesting. <laughs> <laughs> what if we do it just as well? But we just take out all the interesting aspects of like the alien, make the alien less interesting, and also the characters less interesting. <laughs> but still, like do it well, but just take out all interesting aspects of the movie Alien. Uh, quick question, Brent: uh, when you're uh, when you're writing this movie, uh, should we ever see the alien? Should the alien be large enough to be afraid of? <laughs> should it be imposing? You know what? We'll just make it fluid. If it needs to grow, it can <laughs> all, right. Grow. all right, cool. That's a that's a good idea. Let's make it start as like a little baby alien. <laughs> a little microscope baby alien. Uh, and fo- babies test well. People love babies. People, people love babies. Love and, babies. And, and follow up, uh, does it have anything that it can hurt people with? Just it. Oh. Just itself. <laughs> okay. You'll figure it out later? We'll figure it out. Okay. This movie is boring as hell. Yeah. It's not good. This is a struggle to get through. Yeah. Uh, and it's like... Did you, have you seen it? No. Oh. <laughs> I listened to DJ. So yeah, I don't. I don't recommend life. Uh, <laughs> the after watching this movie, after watching this movie, <laughs> fuck transpotting. Don't choose life. <laughs> don't choose life. Uh, I watched the Discovery, the Netflix uh, mm, original that movie. Uh, Jason okay. Siegel. It's okay. Yeah, it was okay. It it's was weird that Jason Siegel's in that movie. <laughs> It is. I kind of wonder how that happened. Yeah, like because Rooney Mara and Redford are good. Yeah, well cast. Landry. That good. was that was my good. take. Uh, I was I said Rooney Mara continues to be uh, better than the thing she's in. Yeah, mm. I feel like that is a consistent thing with her. Uh, she, I thought she was really good in this movie, and I thought Robert Redford was good. Yeah, it's and a cool premise. I don't think Jason Segel is bad. It's just weird. Just odd. Yeah. It's just a strange. Just doesn't fit. Leading man choice, and the movie itself. Fantastic premise. I yeah. really enjoyed the premise of the movie and the beginning. Uh, and then it just couldn't tie it together, really. Hmm. I feel like it would be a short story I would love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's a movie that I like, kind of. Yeah. It was middling. It was fine. I, you know, it hit the average mark for me. Uh, and other than that, hit a couple of classics that I love. We uh, rewatched Silence of the Lambs. Nice. Which, uh, had not seen in ages. Always great. Holds and, up uh, like crazy. And probably the first time in 10 years that I've rewatched Memento. Hmm. And that also holds up really well. It's been long enough I can see it again and ride with I, it. I had forgotten a lot of the details. Details, yes. I remember the. It's hard to not, yeah. Hard to forget that he's the guy who kills his wife or whatever. Right. But, John G. killed my wife. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's John G. raped and murdered my wife. Yeah. Let's go for PG-13. Yeah, let's start going PG-13 now. 
After watching Memento, I was like, like, well, I think I just wasted a couple watches here because these are both these would both be you know like talk of fame style top movies, and I just used regular old watches on them instead, <laughs> wasting time by watching just regular old great movies. Uh, <laughs> it's not a currency. <laughs> I feel like it is. Because yeah. um, I was like, well, now I'm not gonna now I'm not gonna nominate Memento anytime soon because I'm not gonna sit back down and watch Memento for a while, but. Uh, you might. Yeah, I might. If you well, make me. Um, it's like 10 weeks from now, you get to pick another one. So Yeah. That's it for movies for me. Uh, TV. Uh, I got Ashley to start American Vandal, so I've actually watched three. Nice. The first three episodes, again, of American Vandal. I forgot to say, I watched all of American Vandal. So good. There was like a, a, a night-long binge where I just like burned through it. So the hard to stop. Oh, yeah. It's so good. You know what? It's not just one of the funniest shows of the year for me. It is, I think, one of the best TV mysteries that I've seen. I it's just, so good. I just <laughs> laughed every time they just casually said, like, it'd be the two partners kind of talking about it, and they'd be like, and I know I'm not going to speak loudly about spoilers, but I'd be like, but who who did the dicks? Yeah. They just keep asking, like, but no, like, we, we I, I think I know who did the dicks. Yeah. I love them at the camp trying to figure out who... Well, the, the hand job angle? Yeah, the hand job <laughs> angles walking all around the lake. Couldn't have been seen from here. Yeah, so good. I couldn't stop watching that show, man. I watched it straight through. It was great. Yeah. I stopped after the first episode, but you, you guys are convincing me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll pick it back up. If you listen to us when we say we don't recommend movies. I do. <laughs> I got to go the other way, too. Nope. It's just, it's such a fast watch. I think that's part of the reason I strongly recommend it to people is just because it's it's not a huge time investment. It's four hours. Yeah. I may uh, use this time to jump into something I was going to say in Breezy, but it just got picked up for season two. Nice. Fun. And I was wondering if you guys would prefer the story continues or like anthology serial style. Another, e- either one. They'll do a good job. I would I would enjoy another story at this point. I would love this one ends. If, is there a way that they could do a parody of the Bo Bergdahl? <laughs> because serial went on and then Bergdahl? Man, yeah. That'd be rough. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think they can really touch that as well. No. I would. I wonder if it'll be Peter and Sam once again making a documentary about something different. Because this Peter in particular is just yeah perfect. He's just such a perfect <laughs> uh, filmmaker in that role. I mean, he's just casually talking to the teacher, and he's like, "Okay, but what about the ball hairs?" Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, "The what?" And he's like, "Well, the." And then he like starts tripping over his words. He's like, "How do I?" How do I not say ball hair again? Oh, yeah. It's like the, the hair on... The testicle follicles. The, te- the male genitalia. <laughs> test, uh, she's like, yeah, I got it. What 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 are you talking about? Yeah, but uh, yeah. As, this, see, this. for me, it's, 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 it's that that's funnier than the actual, like, mm-hmm. Dylan jokes and whatnot. Yeah. Face spread's really funny. <laughs> well, yeah, the Dylan... The Wayback Boys videos are yeah. like, hilariously stupid. Uh, the I really liked uh, when they're like, so we need to make a case for all these nine people, and it's like, all right, Sam, you have to do an objective take on what my motives would have been to do the dicks. <laughs> and Sam's little like Windows Movie Maker <laughs> like uh, slideshow video he does. He's like, he just loves dicks. He loves <laughs> dicks. He just wants dicks inside him all the time. <laughs> the end. <laughs> He's like, what the hell is that? Uh, yeah, it's great. I have one big problem with American Vandal, and I think it's something that is good for if it was not if it was nonfiction. It's they spend too much time in the first five and the last five doing recaps of events, and I get that they're trying to tr- stay yeah. true to the That's true. to they the do. format. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it always felt like it's such I, a four hour movie though, like why do you need to Right. That's my only like real knock against it. I, I love the rest of it. Yeah. Cool. Group T V? Survivor. Survivor. Uh you caught up, David? Yep. Cool. Not a whole lot to say about this week's Survivor. I Didn't seem like that was... exciting. No. I thought it was pretty exciting. Yeah. I mean, I had a good good uh, but y'all did too the good uh guess that Roark was going Roark? Roark Roark Roark, Roark was going home. Just because they hadn't shown her a lot this season. It surprised me a little bit just because I and thought... She was isolated, right? It's like two heroes, two hustlers. She's the one healer or whatever. Mm-hmm. In the group of five. She doesn't have the history with the other two groups. Yeah, but two. they split. But the group split. I mean, after the split. I know what I'm saying, but... The, the way the votes went down, they didn't oh, yeah, vote. Yeah. The two heroes didn't vote together. So yeah, that's what was surprising. Yeah. Who was the other, who was the other option for them to... Who did Chrissy. she vote for? 
Chrissy. Chrissy. Oh, Chrissy, who straight up straight up lied to them and yeah. tricked them into yeah, thinking. Yeah, one of the girl girl lines. Right. It's clever. Bold, bold move though, because a lot bold. of times it well, it backfires. Just the crazy be like, is they saw through it. Yeah. And still yeah. were like, eh, maybe she's maybe she's telling the truth. Like they had the right instinct on Chrissy, but yeah. they just I don't know. I don't think I don't, I don't know. I worry for she'd be my pick at the moment if I had to pick Chrissy. Yeah. Oh, I don't think so. I've been that way for a few weeks now. I think she's survived the chopping block twice. That's just hard to fucking do. I think she's going to have a few weeks where she's not picked on. Yeah. I really am curious what she's going to do with that fake idol that she has, the advantage that she didn't use, and now she's got like a rope that looks like an idol, if, yep. if that ever comes into play. Yeah. Because I'm trying to think of the strategy, and it's because they don't know the show well enough. But like, It's hard, right? Because you put a target on your back if you have it. You put a target on your back. They, they give it away. They vote for you, try to get you to flush it, but if you give it away. Yeah. Giving it away is the only thing, and give it away late. Yeah, keep it hidden until then. And then or, or whenever you're, uh, if you ever need to flip on somebody that you're aligned with, yeah, then hand that to them. Yeah, yeah. If you need to or, feign uh, allegiance, are they allowed to take the idol from someone else? Like, if if the idol's in my like in my possessions, but it's like obviously sitting out, can someone just like reach over and grab it and go, "This is my idol now"? I don't think so. Okay, so it's not like the conch. No. Okay. You can't go through people's stuff. I know that. I don't know about if you like leave it on the beach. Well, they can know. go through people's stuff. That's happened. Oh, uh, really? Yep. I thought I read that somewhere. Just for like, you can you can root through people's bags and find that they have an idol, but you can't take it. You can't mm. take it. Hmm. I think weird, but I've definitely seen the, the digging through someone's bag yep. looking for it. Uh, and we're getting up to our game. We'll start whenever the merge happens. Yeah, probably about three episodes away from that. I think merge is usually twelve. I they say. might do a double. Yeah, they use some point the next week. They, they did a double the episode for the merge last, or the week for the merge last year or last season. And how many? How many contestants are we down to now? We've got it's four, four, five. Okay, so thirteen. Oh, so it may be soon. No, no, it's four, five, five. Yeah, because once you get to thirteen, you gotta. You gotta merge. That'd be the that would be the merges this week because you got three and ten. When they reshuffled it, went five five five, and have there been and there been, been two votes? So yeah, it's four four five. So it merges this week, right? It's gotta be ten jury members and three left, three vote. Oh yeah, maybe shit. So well, we're gonna do a suicide pool, right? Yeah, they've done nine votes before, nine jury members before. We'll wait till they merge and start them. So anyway, not not too much on Survivor this week to, to talk about. How about Are You the One? I didn't watch Are You the One this week. I did, but non-event. I don't really remember what happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's not been a very interesting season. No, so, um, Ethan and Joe and Tyler, the black dude with the mohawk. Yeah, they're my three favorites, and they're the three probably because they're the three that I most relate to. They're like, we don't have game. We're not the most confident. But we are clearly the most likable people on this show. Yeah. Um, it was going to be interesting. I think it's more next week's episode than this week's episode. Because the end of it sets up that there's a clear delineation of some groups. Game players and heart chasers? Yes. <laughs> Gotta play and, their heart. And, uh, Gotta play the game. No match pursuers mm-hmm. are in the same group as uh, Kareem, who's my least favorite character yeah. on it. I'm going to say character because I don't think he's a real human being. He takes on Ethan and Joe and the group that's head players yeah. at the end of it. So why? I think next week's episode might be interesting. Why? Like, why? Like, he says that them talking strategy and everyone meeting everyone is just because they're losers who can't talk to girls. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's like, you're right. You're right. That's We, we are all going to be losers. Yeah. It's like people... I wonder if it's a requirement to be on the show. You must have an affidavit that you've never seen this show, because <laughs> it's the same like lessons learned every year. Yeah, or you hate money. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not in here for money, but I mean, a cut of a million dollars wouldn't be bad. Yeah, <laughs> like they really need to. If if they black out this season, they really need to just take that money from the people who refuse to actually use strategy. Yeah, but still, I'm not gonna spoil. Yeah, whatever. I say still no truth booth and no perfect matches. Doesn't surprise me. And uh, usually the Wikipedia article that has like the uh, the combination table for yeah. what they've done has some uh, Christmas lights lighting up at one point about matches, non-matches. Yeah. And like it's completely blank. Yeah. Through five weeks now, they have no information. Wow. Because, fuck, that seems impossible. <clears throat> they've had two weeks with only one beam 
and they still have about five couples who refuse to believe that they're not that one beam, <clears throat> and they're all cool with everybody else thinking that they're that one beam, despite like, not realizing that there's five of them, and there was only one of those that was a beam. It's like the Kitty Genovese bystander syndrome. Like, <laughs> someone is going to step up and say they're not the one match, but I know we're the match. Yeah. <laughs> Ten couples are doing this. Yeah. Lord. What about the challenge? It's fun. We're getting in challenge end game. Yep. Interesting people in the final. Yeah, they've they've locked four in, right? Four. Yep. Car Maria and CT were a team, and they're uh, challenge lifers. But I was surprised that Tori, a newbie from Are You the One, made it here. She's yeah. been tough. She's, and, like, she's locked in in the finals. She's been put in elimination a bunch of times and just kicked butt, just churning people out. Yep. And Jordan was was her partner for it, and so Jordan's going to be there. He's another lifer. Yep. So they usually run it with at least three teams, or three uh, combinations of men and women. So they're, they're doing the final Redemption House Challenge. That Whoever makes it out of that is the team. What's that? It's like every week you eliminate people, but this year the twist is there's no elimination. They go in a Redemption House, and like every four episodes they'll say, one guy and one girl out of here are coming back, and they'll fight to see who it's going to be. They already did that. Car Maria and CT came back. But they're doing it again. Really? Yes. To find the final team? So yeah. it's not just the Jenna and uh, Kayla Hunter, not Hunter, uh, yeah, Hunter, Hunter. and uh, Derek. It's They're bringing back more people who got eliminated? Unclear. Maybe between those people. Okay. I'm not sure. Um, but the other four are fucking solid. Yeah. Oh, and Camilla is also in that bottom bracket. Yeah, in the bottom bracket. Uh, with, with Tony, who's like, no idea how Tony's made it this far. He's like not good in challenges. He doesn't play the game well. It's like all of the athletic gifts when he was born. Like he's super tall, super like lean, and like yeah, but he's just like awkward and bad at challenges. Yeah, we'll make a note for Spaghetti Man casting. Yeah. <laughs> Tony uh, also put an asterisk by him because he yells at women okay. and uh, tries to physically intimidate them. Fit in well in Hollywood. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's. You know, I'm really fucking sick of Camilla. Cara Maria and CT are at least smart enough to know like it's a game. Yeah. And Kayla and Jenna played a good game. And the final five women are the Kayla, Jenna, uh, Tori Alliance. Mm-hmm. And the other side is just Camilla and Cara Maria. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the new kids on the block played a better game. And the only person who's bitter about that is Camilla, which is really dumb. He said the new kids on the block won it. I was like, oh, they managed to hang tough. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they got the right stuff. Yeah, they, they do have the right stuff. Uh, breezy? Is that all the... Yeah, it's everything, I think. Breezy on the streets! It's not a ton. I was, I was looking at the breezy early. streets. Well, I was watching some dumb horror movie I had to watch this morning. <laughs> I got I got a, a, a quick breezy that I'm really excited about. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda has been pegged oh, yeah. as executive producer for the Patrick Rothfuss Kingkiller Chronicles. Um, they're going to be doing a... A prequel on Showtime, probably the protagonist's parents, but they're they're in like a bard's troop. But yeah, that's I had to look up exciting um, news on our fit. You know, we talked about on our Facebook group when you said Mummer's troop. I was like, do they make mummies? (laughs) (laughs) I had to look up what that was. It's like a gypsy type thing. Yeah, they're they're a traveling band of entertainers who go Mm -hmm. to a town, put on a show with like puppets and music, and they have like singing competitions and stuff. The main character in the Kingkiller Chronicles. His parents were part of, I forget the company's name, but were part of this troupe that was like the best. Mm-hmm. And so the books, they don't start because there's a frame story, mm-hmm. but him retelling his life starts with him recounting when their whole like troupe was murdered mm-hmm. um, by like bandits and evil forces and it's getting exposed farther and farther in the series. And so he still has like all these memories. He's a, he's a naturally talented singer. And a lute player. So music and songs feature heavily in the books. So Lin-Manuel Miranda is a perfect fit. Oh, cool. Yeah. So uh, apparently he's been obsessed with this for a long time. Because when I bought the book on a whim, like, a year ago, Mm -hmm. I need to get back into that book and and finish reading it. But uh, part of the reason I bought it was because Lin-Manuel Miranda was uh, obsessed with it and basically was, uh, was determined to make it in some way. Uh, movie or TV series. Nice. Mm-hmm. And so he's been. Apparently that's his. Bit. That's his favorite book series, and he's been obsessed with it for a while now. And so it did not surprise me. So I think it was less about like he got brought in to do it as much as just like he finally got it. Nice. Greenlit because he's been <laughs> obsessive over it, which is cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Probably won't be till like 2020. Yeah. If that early, but 
exciting. Yeah. So not really news, but um, this aired last night. I know I was with Chris, but uh, did one of y'all happen to catch SNL last night? Yeah. So it wasn't a uh, episode. They spent about an hour showing old like Halloween sketches, and then narrated by Peter Dinklage, yeah. I think. Showed a 30-minute animated series about the origins of David S. Pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. yeah oh, we, we, were on, that we were putting it on this morning, and Allison's like, so who's hosting? I was like, nobody. But this is going <laughs> to wow. be an animated 30-minute special. Voiced by Tom Hanks. Bobby Moynihan comes back, too. Bobby Moynihan's back. the show. <laughs> As a skeleton dancer. As right skeleton. <laughs> right skeleton. <laughs> nice. It was it was bizarre though. That's, that's it's amazing. an origin story, but it's true to the sketch. You know, you don't plumb that deep into the mythology of David S. Pumpkins because just that's yeah, that's how it is. The headline I it's saw the was, whole thing. The headline I saw this word is Halloween. Uh, David S. Pumpkins special answers zero questions. <laughs> <laughs> There's a great song at the beginning where he's talking about his backstory and it's like where is where I'm born. That's where I'm from. <laughs> like, all kinds of these circular things like that. But, it's like my mother was my mom. <laughs> I watched the uh, trailer and it was the Peter Dinklage like beginning narration. Mm-hmm. It was, made me giggle. He's like, "Who is the Santa Claus of Halloween? Who embodies the spirit of the holiday, if you will? I'll tell you. It's David Pumpkins." Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like this is fucking dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to watch it. It's bizarre. Yeah. We also should at least mention that Stranger Things came out this weekend, and we it, we're gonna try to watch it. I kind of wish I'd thought of that last podcast when we uh, were talking about what to watch this weekend. <laughs> uh, right. Don't go to the movies at all. I probably would have just said don't go to the movies watch Stranger Things. Right. Yeah. Has anyone started yet? I have not. No. We're starting today though. I thought, I figured like one of you guys would at least start it. <laughs> no. Well, we have, we're finishing Handmaid's Tale. We've got two more episodes of Handmaid's Tale and then we are going to just melt into the couch with some Stranger Things. Cool. Just some, some big video game releases this week. Yeah, you got Mario Odyssey. Yep. For Switch, Wolfenstein 2, The New Order. Yeah. It's a big one. Um, Assassin's Creed Origins, Egypt style. Yeah. Kind of a big, uh, a weekend? big big studio launch day. Lots of people have been anticipating this weekend, especially yeah. Switch owners, because Mario Odyssey is getting rave reviews. Looks real fun. Yeah. I was yeah. reading or listening to some stuff from Polygon, and they're calling it Hell Week. Because they're they're oh, yeah. you have to cover like all th- you know everything that's coming and, out and next, he- next weekend's no reprieve either. Yeah. Hey, recommend what's coming out this weekend? Man, you've got the sequel to a movie that looks bad but was actually good. Um, bad moms, bad bad moms. Its sequel is coming out. Bad moms Christmas, starring uh, Kristen Bell, Mila um, Kunis, Mila Kunis, and the I love her and I can't remember it's Catherine Hahn. Catherine Hahn. Yeah, she's great. <clears throat> um, They've been doing a lot of like uh, there's this. The white bra- background on YouTube kind of press thing where they mm-hmm. answer autocomplete, where they do uh, give like review children's toys. The Wi- three of them have been going does, around. Wired does that. It's this like network of magazines. that's like Wired, Vanity Fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've seen like yeah. yeah. The first one was great. That's coming out. And then Thor Ragnarok, which is oh yeah, hmm. already made a hundred million dollars worldwide. Oh yeah, that comes out uh, the third. Yeah, Friday or midnight showings beforehand. Bad Moms Christmas uh, comes out Wednesday for some reason. Hmm. But it's just those two, and then there's a few limited releases that'll expand the week after, but uh, nothing much. I'm showing LBJ, and then uh, Keep Watching comes out on Tuesday. So it comes out two days, three days before this podcast comes out. Well, my pick is Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, I'm going to see Thor. I'm really hoping to still catch uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer whenever it expands to us in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. I'm going to see that. Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah, I, I, I'm th- in on the Thor Ragnarok camp. I'm not going to miss it. I like the Thor movies. Yeah, they're good. They're fun. Mm-hmm. And I'd say the same thing, but I think more for Taika Waititi than anything else. I was not a fan of Thor The Dark World. At all. I never even saw it. And um, I'm and not a completionist with my Marvel movies so far, but uh, Taika Waititi's comic voice is really funny. Apparently this was a really funny Marvel movie, too. Funniest Marvel movie, that's where I've heard. Top five, I've heard, Just heard a lot of things. I was a fan of Thor Dark World more than the first Thor, but yeah, we'll see. Not going to be horrible. MCU movies just aren't horrible. Because mm-hmm. it'll be Thorable. Thorable. <laughs> you're a Thorable. All right, well, we all died. <laughs> so that means it's the end of the podcast, right? Mm-hmm. All right, this was Talk We Talk, the podcast for the media by us. Please visit the site and see our stuff. Uh, please connect with us on uh, Twitter. And Gmail and our Facebook groups, Movies by Us, TV by Us, Games by Us. 
We have our own Facebook page that our parents set up for us. <laughs> so check that out for all our new stuff. <laughs> all the new stuff that we do. We'd love to hear from you for any podcast topics. And uh, please subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating. And I want to say thanks to the Willow Walkers. Thanks. Thanks, thanks to Boo Reefa. You also. And happy November. And thanks for watching. Bye. Bye. Kicking rocks down old dusty roads. Small town slowpokes, long time ago. Kicking out records of all the things that I know. All the things that I know. <laughs> talk, talk, acid jazz. <laughs> 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 David's gonna have a lot of material. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>